Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, in this episode of the GH Report, Carly starts her trial, Robin it learns the true secret of her brother, and, sorry, Peter August can't come to the phone right now. He's a little tied up. <laughs> the GH Report starts right now. Listen to that song. You know what that means, folks? It's time for the GH Report right here on AfterBuzz TV, breaking down all the latest goings-on in Port Charles. I'm one of your hosts, Frank Moran. And I'm your co-host, Carla Renata. And, of course, folks, as always, like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and everybody, hop in the chat. Share your thoughts about anything that's been going on in Port Charles lately or anything specifically that we're talking about today. Uh, But before we jump into the nitty-gritty of this week's events, what did you think of the week overall? You know, it was a little, it, I felt like it was a little slow week again, more toward the end of the week than the beginning of the week. Got it. You know, because the trial and stuff happened the last couple of days of, of this week, so it was like, really? So, yeah. I admit, I am of two minds of court trials and soap <laughs> operas, and I guess, it all, I guess it has to all come down to investment in the story and how well it's written. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, since I'm not that invested in this story, maybe it's just like, man, they're really just dragging this baby out. You know what's, what's killing me about it, though, is that they're having that, it's almost like a split-screen situation between the what's happening in the courtroom and what's happening every place else. And I'm, I'm not quite sure how I feel about that. Like, usually when they have courtroom scenes on soap operas, everybody in the town is in the court. And with this particular... This particular trial is just a few select people, mostly <laughs> mostly people that have either been called to testify or that have some kind of close personal connection to Carly. Well, uh, before we get into the, the, the finer details mm-hmm. of the trial, let's just right now give a shout out to best background acting to Maurice Bernard. <laughs> In these trial sequences, why are you clowning my boy, Sonny? No, you know what? Not only was he great in those scenes, but he's going to be a guest, even though he's not here today. Though I look around the studio and see a lot of empty seats. Keep clowning me; it's all good. Because the day he comes, I'm just, I'm just waiting. All right, because he will come. I, I, he will show up. Nobody'd be happier to be proven wrong than me. Yeah, right. Not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so liar, liar, <laughs> pants on fire. <laughs> so uh, we will jump right into it, and let's just start with uh, what seems to be the big thrust this week, and that was Carly's trial, where it's she's trying to, well, Diane is trying to sell everybody on the fact that she's uh, guilty by reason of temporary insanity. Yeah, I just, I'm not quite sure how I feel about this. I'm not sure if I am invested in that particular plea, I think I'm more inclined to lean toward what Jason wants her to do, because Jason's like, look, why don't you just fire Diane and give me some time to prove Nell it has, has thrown you under the bus. I think that's your best course, because the way the trial is looking right now, especially after Nell's testimony, homegirl might be sitting with a white jacket on in a few minutes. I feel like, though, even... 
Jason is the only one that 100% believes absolutely believes her. her. Yeah. And everybody else is on that sliding scale mm-hmm. from kind of 50-50 to, I think at best, I think maybe 60-40. Michael does. Michael and Jason are, are the only two, I think. Sonny and Diane? Not no. so much. Especially Diane. Diane's like, little girl. <laughs> 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 Diane's like, I'm trying to help you. Help me help you. <laughs> now, I, I the one thing I won't complain about with the trial is that means it gives us more time with Carolyn Hennessy, who's always delightful to watch. Yeah, I love her. She's great. She does really good work on General Hospital and every place else she works for that matter. Yeah. So I, that is the one bright ray of uh, sunshine in this in these scenes in the storyline. Because mm-hmm. uh, everything else, man, I just let's just get it over with already. It's just... And it was painstaking to watch people get on the stand and testify against her, especially Jocelyn. And that one was that's the one that kind of made me go, maybe you should go with Jason's plan. Because when Jocelyn got on the stand, it kind of got, when Jocelyn and Nell got on the stand, those two people, for whatever reason, made her lose her composure. Not so much with Nell, but with Jocelyn, because that's her kid. And she felt like her kid was being railroaded. And so Mama Bear rose up to, <laughs> <laughs> to stop people from taking care of her. Uh, not stop people from taking care of her, but from stopping people from going in on her kid. And she, without realizing that that's just helping the prosecution's case and proving that you're off the charts when it comes to your emotions. You can't rein them in. Because and with, through Jason and Carly's conversations, we we do see that why Jason doesn't want her to do, it, and Carly's reluctant to as well. Is that pleading temporary insanity? Even if everything goes her way and she gets out, there's always going to be that that the potential stigma, that stigma, and that shadow of a doubt maybe in her kids' minds. Mm-hmm. But what's the deal with mom? Mm-hmm. So she's reluctant to do that, and yet Sonny cannot seem to be empathetic to that point of view. It's just like. No, we just whatever's going to get you out fastest doesn't matter. Because I think Sonny is distracted. Sonny's got his father to deal with. He's got Michael to deal with, and Michael dealing with Nell. Like he's got a. I feel bad for Sonny right now. Sonny's got a lot on his plate. He's getting it from both ends. He's getting it with the kids. He's getting it with his dad. And in a minute, he's probably going to have an episode too, because you know he's bipolar on the show. So it's just a matter of time before that starts to rear its ugly head. But I would think that at least in some way he should be able to relate because with Mike, his dad, it's thing about wanting to have control of yourself. Where where am I? I want to be able to you know be my own individual, even though I'm losing my memories. Don't coddle me. Let me be the man that I that I want to be. I want at least if I can be anything else, right. be that. And let me just enjoy the the little bit of life I can right now until things get to that point where I can't remember to enjoy life. And the thing with Carly is, I feel like just I have to be me I have to be true to myself if I start uh, compromising just my own personal self that I feel like it's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the same and neither will my relationship with my kids yeah I agree with you I feel like she's she's torn like because there are good arguments for both sides of the coin for her like there's a good argument for her to go through this trial and let justice serve itself but it's kind of looking like it might not serve itself in her direction because that prosecutor is fierce very true. She's, she's really good. So it's like, ooh. Like she came for everybody that got on the... She came for... Like, nobody was unscathed when they got on the stand with her cross-examining them. I was like, ooh, ouch. What are they going to do? What I did like was one nail getting out of the witness stand and then the other... Oh. 
Oh my god, I laughed out loud at that. I was like, "Really, diva? Really? What like, how much pain did you possibly be in sitting down? Because as a pregnant woman, all you want to do is sit down and get off your feet, which are swollen and hurt, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, your back is probably hurting from standing on your swollen and hurt feet. So any woman that's pregnant wants to sit down. She's been sitting down very comfortably, I might add, and then she gets up and all of a sudden she's hurting. I'm like, child, please. Just gotta just that one little extra step to just try to sell it to the judge. I, c- oh, I can't. Beautiful. With her. That was just I couldn't. I laughed at that. Did you? I, you I did. Laughed. It was I just laughed so out ridiculous. loud. I was like, did she really just do that? <laughs> but wait. But my favorite part was the look, <laughs> the look between Carly and Sunny when she did it. They looked at each other like, really? Yeah. <laughs> and then Sunny full on pointed at her like. <laughs> I was like, no, he didn't. So as I was mentioning earlier, my kudos to Maurice Bernard for the great background acting. There was just scenes where he'd be behind Carly, uh, Laura Wright, and just be like... Oh, <laughs> Making faces. Mm, oh, just, <laughs> just delivering the goods on those scenes. It was great. I was more entertained watching his reactions to everything. Boy, people in the chat room ain't got no empathy for Carly. They're like, this is karma for Carly. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, this is karma for Carly. She had it coming. You know, I have empathy for Carly because regardless of everything that she's done, she's still somebody's mother. Is there, okay, well, here, is there a time limit on karma? Because certainly Carly came into Port Charles and she overturned a lot of lives and did a lot of damage. But if if her own mother can forgive her, then why can't we? True. Uh, But if you're to look back in the last, you know, five, six, seven years, I mean, certainly, you know, when it comes to her family, she can be kind of overprotective. Yes, she is Mama Bear. But there was no way that she's been the same kind of Carly that she was when she first came in. No, not by any. She was when she first came into Port Charles. She was more like Nell. That's why. That's why Carly cannot stand Nell and has such venomous um, words and actions toward Nell because she sees what she did. You you recognize. When you got game, you recognize game. She mm-hmm. recognizes that girl has is up to no good, and she hasn't been from the minute she. St- Remember back in the day, she tried to set up Sunny to make Sunny think that she slept with him. Oh, I'm yes. talking about uh, Nell, of course. Who and does- so, like, and Carly did the same thing with Tony when it came to Bobby. So it's just like you know, I guess in a, in a weird twist of events, it is kind of karma for her. But dang, what a way for it to come. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and Jason, always an interesting person to put on the stand, especially in a case where you're, Diane's really having to skirt the fine letter of the law to be able to get Carly off on this, is that Jason is a, a man who's not going to lie and even tells Diane, don't ask me certain types of questions because I will not lie about what Which I Which is do. so interesting that he breaks the law all the time, but he can't tell a lie. That's funny. I do like his, he's got that personal code of ethics there. I, Look, I love that. me some Jason. I love me some Jason. I love me some Steve Burton, but that's just pure comedy to me. <laughs> You're going to break all kinds of laws, but you can't tell a lie. It's like, get out of here with that. He works for a coffee importer. <laughs> that's what he does, Carla. <laughs> so, folks, we're learning a lot about everybody's history and whether they want to be able to tell the truth or shade things to their own benefit. But if you want to learn live, learn love and laugh and grow in all areas of life you know what you can do you can check out the podcast that we have here now uh conversations with marie menounos it's created by our AfterBuzz tv founder marie menounos herself and drops on itunes every single friday it features celebrity and influencer interviews so take about they talk about life health wellness fashion everything that you could think about they discuss it so let marie be the big sister that you never had 
All you have to do is go to iTunes and subscribe to Conversations with Marie Menounos for free. And when you do, let her know that it was Carla from the GH Report <laughs> that got you there. Conversations with Marie Menounos podcast edition. Check it out. So, yeah. moving on to the other subject I was bringing up is mm-hmm. that we talked a little bit about it last week, but we're going to actually see the conversation happening between Anna and Robin. And yes, and it sure did enough, happen. We got it. Was it as satisfying as you had hoped it would be? It was heartbreaking for me because the look on her little face when she asked her about, so when you were holding my kids when they were born, were you just happy that you had grandchildren or were you thinking about the child that you lost? Like, were you thinking about the child that you lost? And when Anna says, yeah, the look on Robin's face was priceless. And I'm like... I felt so I felt so bad for both of them because Robin's now like I don't know I don't even know that I've known who you were all this time like I thought I knew who my mom was but you know maybe I don't and and then she she says I love you and then there's that huge pause <laughs> before she turns around and says I love you back and she almost she turns around and says I love you back like somebody said bye yeah and she was like oh yeah bye like it was like that I'm like oh and that that just and that that just opened up the floodgates for Weepy Anna to come back, which I was like, if I never see Vanilla Hughes shed another tear on General Hospital, I'll be good. I'm <laughs> just like, please. Give it up to Vanilla Hughes so she can get those waterworks going. Baby, she can. I mean, Robin was talking to her, her. Her eyes started getting misty. But I love the scenes between her and Robin, regardless of what the circumstances are, because it's it's really nice to watch two actors who really have a history on that show together. Because um, Kimberly McCullough has been on that show since she was a little girl. And mm-hmm. she came onto the show when Fanola Hughes was already on it. So they were introduced to each other as daughter and, and mom back in the day. And that relationship is still carried on for decades. And it's really lovely to see that on General Hospital because nowadays we don't see much of that that often. No, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's my favorite uh, parent-child relationship. I uh, followed very closely by Robin and Robert Scorpio. Yeah, yeah. I was enjoying that dynamic as well, too. Yeah, it was... I'm wondering if they're going to bring her back so that there can be a little bit of resolution for Anna, because right now it's like, she says, I just need some time, I just need some space, which is understandable. You just found out you have a brother by somebody that kidnapped you when you were a kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that's a lot to process. That's a lot going on. And you found out that your mother kept this from you all this time. That's a lot. I mean, certainly we know when you're, there was the, the issue with the soap operas, when you, you're going back into a character and kind of uh, adding more elements to their backstory and their history. Mm-hmm. Where through you know the original timeline, as you're watching it, those things didn't exist because exactly. they've never been created. So you've got to be able to kind of, as best you can, justify it in the writing and in the acting. That, exactly. Oh, this is something that's always been there. We've just never told you about it. <laughs> right. And you're like, okay, sure. And sometimes that's great. And sometimes you're like, why? Why is this happening? I think it's important for that story... I was hating the storyline as it was unfolding, but now that it has come out in the open, I'm kind of interested interested to see what's going to happen with Peter now. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute because I got lots to say about <laughs> yes. that. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens to him, and it's really going to be interesting to see if him and Robin establish a, a relationship, if Robin comes back and she's able to forgive Anna like, 
those are some those are real issues and real problems that a lot of families have you know with people having babies that folks don't know about that happens in real life all the time so it'll be really interesting to see how that all unfolds i'm interested in that it's uh i would hope that at the very least we can get a scene of just robin and peter meeting and at least talking yeah i would love to see that i would love to see her just drop kick him one good time (laughs) i just i just i just want to see robin kick him into the next oblivion that's what i want to see i want to see some fighting all right you got just a little throw punch I just need her to drop kick. I need her to drop kick <laughs> Peter one good time. That's she, all I need. <laughs> just one good drop kick. <laughs> just like, like a good old Captain Kirk against the Gorn kind of drop kick. Just a psh, no, I mean a drop kick where she's like, like maybe, maybe this is it. Because Robin, for the most part, has been very. You've never seen Robin snap in all these years that Robin's been on General Hospital. You've never seen her snap. The closest she ever came to snapping was when Stone died. That's the closest, I think, is when Stone died. And maybe when she was trying to get back to... Um, I can't remember the actor that played her husband, but I remember his real name, Jason. Oh, Patrick uh, Patrick, Patrick Drake. Patrick Drake. So I... She snapped when... That was when she couldn't get back to her family. She snapped just a little teeny tiny bit with that, but she really snapped when Stone died. And other than that, in the 20-some-odd years that she's been on that show... You haven't really seen her lose her composure. She did a little bit during that postpartum depression storyline, right? After she had uh, Emma. Yeah, yeah. She was a little, a little bit. But I'm even, even with that, it was just like a smidgen. Yeah. I would really like to see her just lose her, her stuff, just like <laughs> lose it. I just need for, I just need for Robin not to be composed this one time in her life. I just need for her to just pop all the way off. <laughs> Uh, Robin, we'd love you to come in in a couple weeks. And I basically, just want her to pop off. I just need for to her do... to, you know, feel some kind of way about yeah. that. We're just gonna have you pop off for a little bit, okay? <laughs> Not really gonna write a script. You know your character so well. Just pop off for a little bit. Um, uh, while they're uh, over in Berkeley and Anna's having that conversation with Robin, uh, Finn goes across the street to a coffee shop to get a little uh, scone, a coconut, and some other flavor scone. I was like, hmm, intriguing. I don't know if I'd. I go can't for that. even believe you focused on the scone flavors, but okay. <laughs> It's important. That scone flavor, man. You gotta. I gotta make sure I'm intrigued by this. But uh, just by random coincidence, he happens to meet his own father, and we already know there's a a, not a lot of love lost between them. That was uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, for a variety of reasons. and, And it seems, at least from what we've heard so far, that it seems to boil down to uh, his Finn's mother died. He quickly uh, hooked up with out. somebody. Well, his mother died, and then within a month or so, yeah, a month later or so, something a short period of time, we should say, his his uh, stepmother, for all practical purposes, is giving birth to Chase. So, yeah, I can I can understand why he'd be feeling some kind of way about Chase because it's a constant reminder of what his father did in the memory of his mother. It was very disrespectful. And then his father's trying to act like everything's hunky-dory and okay. He's like, look at you. He says, aren't you proud of your brother? And Finn's like, let's not act like everything's all right. It's not. I'm like, yes. I'm glad you said that because that's crazy talk. True, but also I, I guess that's the thing is we don't know enough about the father's side of it as well. Because we have no idea uh, what relationship the, between Finn's mother and father was. Whether it was a terminal disease maybe and that she was knowing that 
you know, she was not going to be here. And she's like, please move on, find somebody that's going to make well, you happy. I'm sure tomorrow. we'll have some flashbacks to tell us all about that. Oh, some sweet flashbacks would be great. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, because it's been like, at least the way they describe it, like at least 20 years or so since they'd seen each other. Yeah, it's been a minute. Somebody said it, it, something would be wrong if you weren't focusing on a scone flavor. <laughs> that's right. There I just go. I just had to throw that in there because that made me laugh. Absolutely, yeah. That's what the crucial elements. I don't care about. <laughs> You're like, forget about the father and son situation. What flavor is the scone? I'll drop all that. I don't know. Does coconut seem like a great flavor on the scone? Everybody in the chat now discuss. Would you want coconut on your scone? I don't know if I. Yeah, I don't mind coconut, but I don't know if on I want a that scone, on scone. No, I don't know. No. But, uh, you know, do you feel, uh, quick side tangent then, do you feel like Robin is somebody that you would trust her opinions on food? Would I trust Robin's opinions on food? Hmm, that's a good question. I don't know that I would. Yeah, all right. I don't know that I would. Well, there you go. Well, actually, I take that back. Maybe I would because she's a bit of a little world traveler, so maybe I would trust her opinion on a couple of things, not everything, though. I would, I'd be willing to give it a shot. I mean, if somebody seemed to be so enthusiastic about a food item, I'd at least have to give it a try. <laughs> of course you would. Yeah, I mean, I might not agree with it after I've taken that bite, and I might hate them forever for steering me down that road, but I will at least give them the, like, all right, I'm going to give it a try. Oh, you can't say that when I'm drinking water. <laughs> you have to save those comments. So we finally at least get a chance to see Finn open up to somebody. He did, you know, slightly to Alexis, but at least it was nice with Anna. Yeah. He opened up more about his family sister. They opened up with each other. That was a nice scene between them where she opened up about Robin, and he was very encouraging to her, and she opened and he opened up to her about his dad, and she was encouraging to him. That was a really nice scene. I really enjoyed that. Now, were you surprised at all that he joined her on that trip? No. There you go. That's good old Finn. No. Jumping in. No, not surprised (laughs) at all. Put yourself in Anna's shoes. You're going over across the country to talk to your daughter about that tremendous kind of secret and shame that you've had in your life that you've hid from her. He went to support her. But I'm just saying, if you're in her position, and then the man that you're uh, kind of dallying with, kind of interested in, have at least least a friendship with, surprises you on the plane to go take that journey with. Are you going to be like, what are you doing? Or would you be like, no, thank you for coming? It depends. It depends. It depends on how I feel about that person. Now, if this is somebody who I'm not quite sure how I feel about them, I might not want them in my business like that. If this is somebody like in her case where she kind of does want him in her business, then yeah, she and she's weeby Anna. <laughs> then she would want a shoulder to cry on and somebody to, to be there for her so that she doesn't jump off the ledge, so to speak. So Finn only gained <laughs> points by doing this. Of course, absolutely. All right. All right, but you, you don't think so? For Carla, you would lose points. She wants that <laughs> flight. I want to go solo. No, I'm just saying it would depend on how I felt about that person. For example, if it was some if it was some ex that was trying to get back with me that knew about this situation, however they knew about it, and they showed up, I don't know how I feel about that. If it was somebody that I was currently dating that somehow found out, I don't, again, I don't know how I feel about that. Did they go through my stuff to find out? Because I might not have told them. Hmm. I might have kept it to myself. And if they're going through my stuff to find out where I am, then that makes me look at you with one eye open because I'm like, why are you going through my stuff? <laughs> uh, for me, I would want them only to meet me there. I would never want to see them on the airplane because I'd want to talk and I'd want to sleep. I sleep like that on an airplane. So I don't want anybody talking. You say you want to talk and you want to sleep. Oh, my uh, God, no. I can't. They're going to be like, hey, I'm here to help you out and support you. Chat, chat, chat. I'm like, mm, I got to go to sleep. 
<laughs> so uh, you can be in another row. Just surprise me when we get there. That's great. Because I'm going to be a... <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, <laughs> speaking of uh, like digging into your stuff, mm. let's talk about Nell and Michael real quick. Oh. So, of course, Michael's pulling... Uh, he's, you know... He, He's, he's pulling one on Nell. But he was stupid. Like, why you... First of all, why are you out on the Quartermain patio? Like, I get why he initially thought that was a good idea, because it's outside. But hello, outside, voices echo. Everybody can hear you. So if she was in the house somewhere, she would hear him talking. And naturally, she going to walk in the room to see what he doing. Voices carry, as the song goes. And catch him on the laptop. Like, what are you doing? The look, But the look on her face, I felt bad for her. Because the look on her face, she kind of looked a little hurt. And I never say that about Nell. Like, I never feel bad about Nell, feel bad for Nell about anything. But that moment, I did kind of feel for a sister for a second. Do you think she buys <laughs> Michael's excuse? Like, Hell oh, no. I thought this was my computer. Oops. No. No. No, she don't buy that. So already she's suspecting Michael is working her. She's going to do... She's. I, I'm feeling like she's going to try to do something to Michael. Like kill him? I don't know what she's going to... I don't think she would kill him. But she's going to do something to him. If she, if she finds out that he's trying to throw her under the bus to save his mother and he's been lying to her all this time, she's going to try to do something. She'll do something to him. Uh, so we do see that Michael is reaching out to Spinelli. Uh, what I didn't like about that is like I don't mind. I agree, going out on the patio is fine, but the fact that he then pivots away from the the uh, the, stu- the study. No, no. If you're going to do that, you got to be looking right at it. So you, the moment somebody right. comes the in, the moment she starts walking, you need to start talking. Like, yes. I agree with you on that. Like, what were you thinking? Why were you sitting to the side? Because even though it's peripheral vision, what peripheral vision does for you is it it brings to your attention that somebody's here, but then you got to turn to see who it is, and then you got to figure out how you're going to react to it. That's way too much time. Yes. That's why she was looking at him with one eye open. Like, why are you trying to find a story to lie? <laughs> Because I was excited when Michael went out back to the patio. I'm like, yes, that's smart because you know Nell's just probably hanging outside that door, just ready to listen in on anything you're doing. Let's talk about that snoo for a second. What the hell is the name for? Why is somebody naming a carriage snoo? Is that a real name? Do you know? I'm, the way they talked about it, it's got to be real. It, I swear that seems like a product placement to me. I was like, snoo? It sounds like something from a Dr. Seuss book. I was like, I couldn't <laughs> I should I should just see if this is a real thing because they just talked about it. It, it was it just reminded me of they that they kept uh, saying it over and over and over again. I'm like, oh my goodness, can we just not talk about the snoo anymore? Can we please just not go there? It reminded me of the Olay thing from the nurses' ball. They really just right got oil in of Olay, yeah. right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Let's thank our sponsors, Oil of Olay. Or no, she didn't even call it Oil of Olay. She just called it Olay. Yep, they, she just called it Olay. Olay. While you're looking for that. Oh, there we go. Yeah, it is the happiest baby, the Snoo Smart Sleeper. Yeah. There, there so you go. It, I guess it was a product it, placement. It is right there. Well, how uh, about that? And But luckily, uh, Monica Quartermain is a Came whiz. in to save the day. She's I mean, doctor. she's a surgeon. Yes. So she can put people back together. Why, she, why can't she put together so there you a go. crib? Check it out. There's a Snoo. Look I at, saw look it. Her, it's cute. Videos. When they finally put it together, I was like, oh, that's kind of cute. But really? Okay. Yeah, there you go. Uh, now, speaking of Monica Quartermain, she gets uh, visited by three people this week. The first two, uh, Kiki and Elizabeth, saying, yes. hey, we got to tell you what the deal is with Dr. Yes. Bench. Yes. Uh, and we see all the repercussions from that, where very quickly Dr. Bench is able to, like, nope, I wouldn't talk to the board. Uh, you had a glowing 
recommendation letter. Like, I need... Did I miss something? They didn't show him talking to the boy. Okay. No. I would have liked it because I'm like, did I miss that? Like, I kept rerunning because I'm like, did, did I miss it? I would have liked to seen him in the board. I would have liked to seen what he said. I would have liked to seen what they asked him. But I guess they can't have everybody having <laughs> proceedings going on because they got Carly <laughs> in court. And then they have Dr. Bench going through his thing. But I, I was... I was appalled and amazed at how quickly they came to that decision. Like, they talked to him one time. They never even talked to her. Mm-hmm. And then made the decision that he's it's been dismissed. Which, to me, was very dismissive of her charges. Like, what she said didn't matter. I'm like, wow, really? This would seem to me a behavior three years ago. Four years ago, you would have seen something like this. But I guess now... Given everything that we've seen as a society with, you know, Time's Up, Me Too, things like that. Exactly. And I, I know Monica did touch on that. She's saying that society's moved farther than the hospital's regulations. But it does seem weird that a hospital would have such a blind eye to the greater world. That's what I'm saying. That that actually, and that was disturbing to me. Especially because we are living in the chapter of Me Too and Time's Up. That you would, <clears throat> excuse me, give... I don't. I don't even know how to verbalize this. That you. That you, as producers and writers, would sweep that under the rug so quickly, so that you could give more time and space to this other thing going on over here with the Corinthos. And I understand that the the soap opera is built around two families, the Quartermains and the Spencers. Initially, is what General Hospital was built on, and it seems to have shifted over to the Corinthos family, right? But I'm just like. I was annoyed by that, that 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 happened so quick. And then I was further annoyed at the fact that Kiki goes to talk to Alexis about it. She goes to talk to Lulu about it. <laughs> Lulu is not like now Lulu is the only reporter in Port Charles now. Is she the, the only, only one? one there? So, so you know what I mean? So she goes to talk to Lulu. What is Lulu going to do? Lulu can't do anything about it without getting, without, like she said, without her or the paper getting sued because they can't back up anything that they say or her going to jail because she can say, I can't reveal my source and go to jail. She's not going to go to jail because Dante would knock her into the next millennium. So there's that. <laughs> and then the other thing is <clears throat> with Alexis jumping to her defense, I kind of applaud the fact that they have Alexis. I applaud the fact that Alexis is the person that's standing beside her and in her defense, but I'm really annoyed that it's not Monica because she's a hospital professional. She's a hospital administrator. Like that, The way that that's unfolding is very disturbing to me. When they threw that layer on that Monica, as part of her title, had to agree to step like, away from this. Like, I got that, but, but it, you know. But I agree. It makes it... it and I, I have to admit, the, the, the performance just makes me feel like that she's also ambivalent and I don't think that's the case at all for Monica yeah. but just the way that it's coming across me as I'm watching it just seems like it is coming across oh, like I'm sorry she's on her own whatever <laughs> I'm like, and I'm just like ew I don't know how I feel about that and I love Patty McCormick but mm-mm, I didn't I did not care for that and I really feel bad for Kiki. Now, what's going to happen to her? Are they going to let her go from the hospital? Is she going to have to quit? Like, what's going to happen to her? And why does anything have to happen to her? Why does he get to keep his job and she's walking around all angst? That annoys me. Yeah, it's just, and I don't know if they're doing this. They're taking a lot of liberties that the writers are just to create more tension in the storyline. But I, I rather would have seen a more just kind of a, 
Definitive realistic approach. Yeah. yeah, just more of a realistic response given the time yeah. that we're in today. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I'm totally with you on that one. Uh, so as we're speaking about Alexis, of course, while she's got this going on, uh, she also has been uh, having these uh, intriguing notions about her family. Uh, he's <laughs> yes. learning more about Mikos, and to do so, she's uh, reaching out to Valentine. Which I was like, why? Like, after everything that's happened, Valentine is your go-to person, really? Okay. But who else is she going to go to at this point? Nobody, because he's the only Cassidyne in Port Charles other than her. So there's that. But I'm just like, ugh, really? I I mean, I love the Cassidines as a concept. They're, they're, They're a great family. But it feels like lately the times they've tried to, and I don't know if they've really given it a full effort to kind of re-energize it. It seems like the biggest time is when they brought Valentine on mm-hmm. to re-energize the Cassidy mm-hmm. family. But uh, the other ones, it's just been kind of fits and starts, and they've always kind of petered out. Yeah, I mean... When they it brought peter- Stavros back? It petered like, out after they got rid of Nicholas, because Nicholas was the mainstay for keeping the Cassidyne thing alive on General Hospital. And then once they killed off Nicholas it kind of, and got rid of Spencer... And got rid of Laura, it just kind of went, it just went away. So there's that. But there was all that anticipation for her about what was in that envelope. She put it in the fireplace, she was going to burn it, and then she didn't. Then she took it to the doctor and wanted to talk to him. And I love Kevin was like, look, I'm going to need you to make an appointment. You just can't keep walking. Kevin was yeah. like, you can't just keep walking. I love the fact that he said that because somebody at home watching that would be like, really? She just go walk in the office and never make an appointment? So <laughs> I love the fact that he said that. But she goes in, she's like, rah, 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 rah. And then she comes out and she still got this envelope. And then she finally decides to see what's in it. And it's this watch. And then the camera leaves. The camera uh, is on her face with her with this look on her face. Like she might actually know who the watch belongs to. Like, is it her mom? Like who does or is it Helena's watch? Like whose watch is it? So I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I guess to find out if Mikos had any bit of good in him, or is he just a monster from beginning to end? I don't know. We we know about everybody else that was a man in the Castan family. Even Nicholas had his moment was kind of not lovely. So no, I mean even uh, Stefan. Yeah, he's had his. Uh, yeah, he was good until he wasn't. Everybody had their moments. So yeah. Uh, so, uh, speaking of uh, people having their moments there, let's talk about Obrecht, because... <laughs> oh, yes, oh my God. Her doing the whole misery thing gave me life. I love her so much. And I love the fact that she was she had that, that um, hatchet. I'm like, oh no, she's not going to take off a limb. I'm like, are they doing misery on General Hospital? <laughs> So we find out, uh, I mean, they set it up to make you think, like, oh, hey, Nina uh, was the one that kidnapped Peter August and tied him up in the cabin. I, but I told you, didn't I tell you I knew it wasn't her? That's right. I knew it wasn't it was her. Albrecht. It she was, did it. But I'm still like, she got muscles because he ain't no light thing. So there's that. It seems, I, their plan seems so ridiculous, it's though. So, it's so far-hatched. It's so crazy and off the charts. And I'm just like, Nina's not, and clearly Nina is still grieving because she's not thinking clearly. Really? You gonna, you gonna join forces with your crazy mama? Really? Mm-mm. I did like her talking to Alexis, and it's just a hypothetical. Say, say I, I knew somebody was doing a crime. <laughs> I was just kind of watching. I love that. I <laughs> yeah. love that. And then I also, <laughs> and I also loved when she popped off on Peter. Like, she let him have it one good time and just went off and was yelling at him. I'm like, ooh, no. Well, I'm glad she got that out of her system. Yeah, he's not your brother. He's my brother. Never talk about him. 
No, don't she do, let don't him do it. have it. I'm like, ooh, that yeah. was harsh. I, I just don't know how long the storyline's going to go, and that just seems kind of like it's great to have Kathleen Gotti on the show doing her thing, but I'm also like, how long can you really keep Peter August just tied up <laughs> in a bag? I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot going on with that. Uh, and then we also, uh, real quick, uh, Drew, it just seemed to do a very quick 180 in regards to the the DNR and doing the whole uh, procedure without the uh, the flash drive. Yeah, somebody, something happened. I can't remember what it is now. Something happened to talk him out of it. Well, he ta- uh, Oscar came over, uh, but That's the internship invited him to this thing, and That's he's like, what it was. "I can't do this now." Yeah, huh? well, uh, well, that actually okay. makes that actually makes sense that he wouldn't do it because of Oscar. That that's probably the only thing that does make sense. Like everybody else trying to talk him out of it had their own selfish motives. Kim wanted it because she wants him. You know, Sam wanted it because she feels guilty about kicking him to the curb and wants to try to make up for it. But the only person who didn't have an ulterior motive in all of that was Oscar. Look at that. And now Drew has got the keys to the Cordman Mansion and is uh, moving back in. I know. And did that seem like uh, Michael or Right in the nick of time. (laughs) (laughs) Their faces were like, what you mean he moved it in? They're like, (laughs) oh. That was that was funny. I laughed at that too. They looked like what? Nope. Okay. Because him being there is going to undermine what either one of them are trying to do to each other. But I, th- I know Drew would have Michael's back though. I don't know. He may not. You don't think so? You never know. Come on. Child, stranger things have happened in the world of poor Charles. I'm just saying. There's too much adjacent in Drew for him not to back Michael in whatever play he's going. I don't know. He may not. He may. He may not. We'll never know. Well, I think we will know because it's you know, becoming. I mean, we will, <laughs> but you know, it's just a, a speech thing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, another uh, other couple things is that, uh, of course, we got Curta, Curtis and Sam. They're going to be going into business together. It seems yes, like. private eye business. Uh, fine, I've always wanted well, we the, knew, we the knew Drew that was, and Curtis though. But we we knew Sam and Curtis was. We knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But Drew felt some kind of way about that. He kind of wasn't having it. But I did like that, uh, that Curtis was straight up with him and told him what the deal was. He did, but you could see on Drew's face, he's like, so are we cool? And <laughs> Drew was like, yeah, but then that look on his face was like, mm. <laughs> He had the look on his face like, yeah, I'm saying I'm cool, but I'm really kind of not. And I'm not quite sure why he's not. But you know what, what made me teehee out loud was <laughs> the scenes with Aunt Stella. Aunt Stella cannot stand Jordan. She just will not give poor Jordan a break. No, she and won't. Jordan is like, "Look, I'm trying here. I'm trying." And she's like, "She's like, don't hurt yourself." Yeah, that's... she was like, "Don't." She's like, "Don't bother yourself with all that." And Jordan was like, Jordan had that look on her face like she was going to try to drop kick her in a minute because she <laughs> she kept cause she kept coming back with. You know, she kept trying to be the bigger person, and Aunt Stella just kept coming with her with one quip after another. It was comical. Well, the other thing I liked about Jordan is that she's telling Curtis she's feeling the heat, especially from Ned and the rest of the uh, the, yeah, the community, the higher ups, uh, about uh, because Peter August escaped on her watch that she's got a limited amount of time to try to find him, or she could be out of the job. Yeah, and she's like, you know what? After this, I'm gonna I'm gonna I gotta sharpen up this force. I'm like. That is never going to happen. No, it's because not. Because this, this department has to be like one step behind everybody to make any of these storylines work. It's like the Keystone Cops. Yep. Port- the PCPD is the Keystone Cops for real. You cannot make it happen. <laughs> Everybody's going to be coming in and out of this place constantly. It is the Keystone Cops. But I love how almost every person in Port Charles has been the commissioner at some point or another. That just makes me laugh. Everybody- like in a minute, there's not going to be anybody. 
anybody left. And everybody and anybody can just sneak into that interrogation room. So easy. I'm like, it is amazing to me how many people just walk in and out of that interrogation room. Folks just kind of come and go as they want, like yeah. it's the bathroom. That's I right. don't understand what's going on there. Uh, and real quick, we got to see some uh, a couple scenes with Lulu and Dante. We're kind of heated up about Dante's feelings yes. about how Lulu was approaching her uh, reporting yes. duties. I heard through the grapevine he might be leaving. The guy that plays Dante. I hope that's not the case. I heard through the grapevine he might be leaving, so maybe this is a precursor to him bouncing out of Port Charles. But I felt like it's something that I think everybody's realized, like, this has been really quick with Lulu being a reporter. Come that on whole storyline is just like it happened too fast. She she gained notoriety too quick, and now she's like the go to person when it comes to a news story in Port Charles. I'm like, get out of here with that. Well, I mean, come on, Carla, you were called on to be the number one guest on Scott Mance's show on Collider. I wasn't called to be the number one, yes, but you I were. was no. Yeah, you were. I was asked. Yeah, I was asked to be the one of the first. Mm, just, Myself and Jenna Bush. Lose the one of. Boom. There you go. <laughs> I wasn't alone. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, not alone. <laughs> but uh, before we uh, wrap up, though, folks, just a little bit of news for okay. you, folks. Maybe a little hot gas with that as well, too, is that we've been talking about the Cassidines. Yes. You know, they are very depleted. We've only got Valentine right now. Yep. But there is talk because Stephen Nichols, uh, his, basically his contract negotiations have broken down with days. And he hasn't, air, he hasn't taped anything since March. What? So there is talk about possibly he may be making a return to Port Charles. Who knows? That's the speculation going around. Would you want to see Stephen Nichols return to Stefan? Hell yeah. That would be awesome. I'd be down. Absolutely I'd be down, down for that. For that. So uh, we can keep our fingers crossed for that. Uh, I would, I, that would give you a, a nice shot on the arm to the Cassidine storyline right there. Yep, sure would. Do you think he and uh, Valentine see eye to eye, or are they no. antagonists? I think they would be antagonists. For at least a split second. And then for the sake of the name, they might, you know, see things in the same light. Plus, it'd be great to have uh, Alexis have somebody else. Uh, to talk to because not without Nicholas, she really has no other close relatives nope, at all. None. So, uh, it, uh, hopefully that that would come the case. I mean, Frank Valentine uh, has been saying, "Oh, you know, big things are happening." So, could that be an announcement that's coming up soon? We'll be curious to find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, with our remaining minutes, we should probably do some predictions about what we think is going to be happening. Well, and now you're after Buzz TV predictions. I'm feeling like we're going to see a little bit more of the trial. That trial is probably going to take up most of the week next week, is what I'm thinking. A good portion of the storyline is going to be taken up with that trial. And I'm thinking that Carly's probably going to fire Diane so that Jason can do his thing. Because if they let this trial go on the way that it's going, she's going to go back to Pattonville or back to the Lulu bin or wherever it is that they send people when they have been found um, guilty. Um, by reason of insanity I think we're just going to see more of that we're going to find out whether or not Jordan's going to get kicked to the curb we're going to find out whether or not Nell is on to Michael and what she's going to do about it that's what I think the three key things are going to be for next week Uh, over under two weeks uh, of this storyline happening, uh, wrapping up with Nell oh, over (laughs) no (laughs) Over, it's going to be just as painful as watching her torture Carly. I think. I feel like the storyline's got to wrap up, or at least yeah, her lies have got to be exposed. Carly's got to be able to go free. Then she's got to go into labor and have the baby, and then the custody battle happens between Nell and Michael for this baby. 
Because there's no way that Michael's going to want to let Nell have oh, any no. sort of custody. She's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. No. Mm-mm. But I, of course, Nell's not going to go into the night quiet. Now, wouldn't it be interesting if she lost the baby? After all of this, she loses the baby anyway. I feel like that takes any more, any fuel for future stories right out of there. Because I feel like that's, you've already got the next storyline set up with a custody battle. I think if you, as she loses the baby, then it's just like, well, see you later. <laughs> see you later. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> and like, oh, was, uh, there's not much left to do after that. Yeah, I think, I, th- I think she, I think she's going to fire Diane, though. I think Carly's going to fire Diane and... Somehow, so, I think somehow Nell is going to end up being called back in as a witness. Somehow she's going to end up being called back in. She's got to lose to put it the, the final nail in the coffin is what I think. And we know that the the, the blanket is in play because uh, Nell uh, just kind of holds that over Ava at the courthouse. And I'm wondering, what, and this is the thing, how that's what I want to know. How long is it going to take before they realize Ava's the one that has that blanket? It shouldn't be. It should be so quick. Like, come on, Carly, you got to be better. Like, all it takes is Jason to say, like, who else was in there? Who else went up the stairs that you saw? Boom, there we go. Nobody saw anybody else go up the stairs, but the quarter mains have cameras in that house, so all they got to do is look at a camera. Well, Ava said she was going to go check on the kids, so that's the. I mean, she told it to everybody and then went upstairs. So, come on, everybody, you know who's up, you know who's got that blanket. (laughs) Uh, Ava's got the blanket. To find out if we're right, though, we're going to have to wait two weeks because we're off next week, folks. Yes. So we'll be back in two weeks, and we'll see if any of our predictions uh, came true. But in the meantime, folks, thanks for watching. Uh, we always enjoy doing the show with you folks. And as always, you can like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and thanks, everybody, for hopping in the chat, sharing your opinions. Uh, trust me. Uh, give a give a coconut scone a try. Why not? What do you got to lose? Life is short. Try those coconut scones. But if you want to stay in touch with any of us even after the show's over, Carla, where can they find you? You can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. And check me out at 5 o'clock right before the GH Report at Black Tomatoes on BHL. That's right. And make sure you check her out on Collider with the other movie news. No, I just did at one time. But just one time, but still go look at it. Doesn't okay. mean that you can't. All right, go look. go look at movie news, movie review news with Scott Mans on Collider. Look at that. First <laughs> guest right here. Uh, you do that because you, that's quality right there. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie. We'll see you folks in two weeks, right back here in the studio with another episode of the GH Report right here on Afterbus TV. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.